Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We may not be able to get in on the hurling action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A, a, a grain, all right. A, a grain, all right. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping bite of Munster. Hi folks, uh, good morning to y'all and you're very welcome along to another Irish Examiner uh, hurling show in conjunction with our great pals in Renault. Um, Fantastic uh, Saturday of hurling. Indeed, finished off a great game between Leash and, and Westmead as well uh, late on that night. Um, great stuff. Um, the draws obviously made this morning, Monday morning, so we're, we're going to have a look ahead. Obviously, it's interesting stuff. We're delighted. Uh, the Lachie calls are here again. We could nearly we could nearly have a racing show this morning now because we're also joined <laughs> by the legend that is... Uh, Tommy Larkins, the great Sir Farrell, Galway's, Galway's finest son. Sir, how are you? Not too bad, no, considering the weekend we had. Looking forward to the race and, and, and I suppose trying to forget about holding the football after the weekend. <laughs> Sir, you're going to get you're going to get into Belly Brit today, I'd say, yeah. Oh, I will, yeah, and get in all right, like you know. <laughs> we would have a lot of contacts in there, like they're very strict, <laughs> but you're looking. We'll, we'll put a straw hat on, it'll be all right. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> besides last year, it'll be my 18th year going up for the Monday of Galway. But I haven't been in Ballybrit in 18 years. I don't think <laughs> so. I think it's the usual today. It's check in and um, adjourn to puck on or one of those great haunts. Indoor, I, I have my I have my vaccine yoke printed off nearly. <laughs> better make sure, Stephen Dale, Sheedy, you, if you hear you if you hear this later on, get your vaccine, sir. Dale, you want, you want to print a few of them now just in case you might wet one of them or something like one in every might pocket. Be great up there. One in every pocket, Marco. <laughs> and and in fairness to you, Mark Landers, you didn't come um dolled out today in a cork jersey or anything like that. It's your usual background. Like we know our other guests there now had awesome. knocked out clear at the weekend would probably be head yeah. to toe in green and uh, the straw had to be out again and Fair play, Chuck. I wouldn't do it there, Dela. I know you're in mourning, and in fairness to Jesus, it, it could have been so much different. Tony Kelly and Patrick Collins, I suppose, time stood still for about three seconds, really, didn't it? Because whether you're a Cox supporter or a Clare supporter, the minute he got the ball in his hand, you knew there was a chance there was a goal on. And when he actually broke through to the edge of the square, I said, oh, Jesus. 95 all over again, but thankfully, thankfully it was uh, Patrick Collins was at the back of it and he stopped it. And, and uh, but it would in have been so dramatic, Anthony. Oh, it was dramatic, dramatic either way, I suppose. Look at a brilliant save from your point of view, a, a cruel no goal from our point of view. There's no one in Clare complaining about Tony. I, if I met no. him now, I'd say, Why didn't you go low? That one yeah. year I had him with the LIT freshers, Sir Lou, him not longer, we'd always say, Go low. On them one but I think the fact that they had to hit it off the hurley, probably he probably yeah. just went for power. Do you know? Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's easy when you're looking on. I, I talk with ah, yeah. like as you say, I thought it's going to be a goal. But if you looked again, if you give a little hand pass to his left, Clareman was loose. But like they're all split second. This is a fantastic game. Like at least Clare played compared to Galway. Clare played. They went down with honor. They got they got a hundred percent out of themselves. Whereas we here in Galway, like I think going into the last water break, we're about sixteen points down. Walford completely on top. We were completely say no energy, no 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 pace, like a, a no show. Just the same as against Dublin. Yeah, and we, we start there, TJ, and I didn't go at all now because between the pub either side of it, and then I wanted to watch Galway and Watford. And do you know the way you've been to the Gaelic grounds now? 
you know, I mean, looking to try and get in somewhere and have a look at it. I saw, um, just came up here for the, for the two games up to the house, and um, you know, was it really? I suppose we speculated last week. Both teams had poor starts to the year, championship boys, um, and we said who the biggest bounce was in. Would really now save for the last fourteen minutes, possibly around roughly. There wasn't really no kicking Galway at all, which was, you know, shocking for us, really, wasn't it? Yeah, like I suppose. Look, we we we're, we've all been there, done that. What t-shirt will I certainly have anyway? Right, where yeah. <laughs> things are flat, and you're kind of asking questions afterwards. And look, I suppose if the games this year in Championship Series were played again against Dublin and against Waterford, you, you'd like to think that Galway would be an awful lot different. But that's the way the ball bounces. You have to be right on the day. And and for whatever reason, Galway were very flat in both games. And you got to sense early doors here again that like Jamie Barron was just kind of just very busy on the middle of the field. Galway couldn't seem to get a handle on him and he seemed to be getting those scores easy. Now, in fairness to Galway, they had kind of recovered and kind of brought it back to their own six points all and stuff. But after that, uh, Waterford took over on the middle of the field. Galway couldn't cope with the runners at all. And like really good hurlers and good intelligent players in Galway, their use of the ball was questionable. They were giving it to Waterford. And look, we're back to that old adage again that you know, I mean, if you, if you give the ball to a good team, they might give it back to you. But if you give the ball to a really well-drilled coach team like Waterford, it hurts you. And that was really, really happening in that second and third quarter. And as Cyril said there, they got to found themselves with a mountain to climb, like 15, 16 points. Now, I know there's been huge momentum swings in Ireland, and, and that seems to be kind of nearly par for the course in the last couple of years. But really, going into the last quarter, 15 points down, like, it's game over territory, isn't it? It is, and and I suppose look at the focus a bit first of all on the victors, I suppose, and um, great bounce back by them. Even Cahill on the sideline, sir, was yeah, he was up for it way more. You could tell than 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 the match against Clare, and um, of course having Prunty and like what a man Jamie Barron is in the middle of the field. Yeah, well, he's he's electric dynamo, like, and he he dominated the whole game. Pure horror. Not physically strong, but like the pace. The pace of Waterford, and there seemed to be every ball they got, they drove at the goal with the fence, drew a man, walked to true, walked to true, and like they had overlapped the whole time, but they had a pace. Like in the modern day hurling, it's one thing they had to hurl, but you have to have a certain, you have to have pace as well. Cork covered as well, but Waterford, like, uh, played tip in the league, very much the same thing, blew them out with pace. Kind of lost form through it. What I like about Cahan and uh, Dano is even early in his career, at, he was at all the Fitzgibbon games and all the league games, so there would be 10 at league game. But he was at everything asking about Waterford fellas. Did you know any of that was playing in the, you know, the cut that we wouldn't know? He wound up the, yesterday with, with two dependents in the half back line. Now, we, these yeah. boys were in college in, in, in Limerick and they were in the forwards. And, you know, Stephen Bin is having a fantastic year. But these guys, Daniel Hutchinson, with great kind of, you know, movement. They're, they're all moving, but he's getting the best out of them. Now, I know, I, I think deep down, Cal's CV. He's looking forward to taking over tips sometimes. That that my belief. Like and he's he's making like he's he's putting his name forward whenever whenever Liam goes, like he probably will be the next guy. But like Warford, people forget during the year. They were in the All Ireland final last year. Like, you know, and I know I know Tyler Burke is a terrible loss, would be lost to any team. But like they're playing very, very well and they've settled down again. And you know, they're going they're going they're going to be a force and like, you know, the next day against Tip Tip have lovely horrors, but like the one thing they're probably lacking is a bit like Galway, they're lacking pace. And, and like at a certain stage, you can get as fit as you like, but you're not going to get pace at a certain stage in your life. So it's going to be very intriguing. But you like for a neutral, if Waterford would want to win All Ireland, I know that we're all from different counties, but for a neutral looking in, there'd be nothing wrong with Waterford winning All Ireland. You know what I mean? They haven't won for he's at six fifty nine or sixty nine or does. Like it's a do great for, for Holland, like you know, but it's going to it's still a it's still a hard road. Like it's going to be a tough one to win no matter how we look at it. And they, you know, they play with they play with pressing eleven attackers, didn't they? Like they had six forwards, two midfielders. Mm-hmm. You, you, you could say Callum Lyons, Stephen Bennett, and Kieran Bennett. So they were nearly three forwards as well. Or well, definitely attack minded anyway. Shane Bennett, Shane. Sorry, Shane Bennett. Shane, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Callum Lyons, Shane Bennett, and Kieran he, Bennett. He was really good, but at times he went flicking it over fellas' heads. I was saying, <laughs> Shane, your your centre back now. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But um, did Mark a lot of their fellas that. Sean last year, and we haven't like uh, I just an example. Be I suppose Kieran Bennett is one, obviously. But Jack Fagan, another like that really came back to last year's form at, at the weekend. Like the they boy, didn't the have here the daily, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you know, 
but they got big contributions from guys that didn't like Desi Hutchinson didn't score, I don't think, but he was very busy. He was, was very, a torn, was. he was torn on their side, yeah. He was like, I mean, he has the pace, it's a, it's a run to... mark, isn't it? It's a running game, it's... like with him. Well, that's yeah. like it actually reminded me a little bit like Derek McGrath's team from four or five years ago. Like, they showed a couple of clips in the Sunday game where you had where there was one fill on the ball, but you had five fellas running two on either side of him, and he was going to pop it left or pop it right. But they brought an energy and they brought a fitness to it that we saw last year. We hadn't seen it yet this year in both the league and in the championship match against Clare. At the start of the season, they, they were definitely flat and Clare were outstanding on the, on the occasion. But I, I thought, I, I, can't, I can't keep emphasising players know what the best 15 normally are. And Kieran Bennett didn't start the first day for me. And that was a poor sign. I'm going to say this again about Evan Island not starting for Galway. I can't understand how he wasn't in the first 15 for Galway. And I think a lot of the players, they know the training that's going in, the time, the effort that's going in, and they, they nearly know what the first 15 of the best players are on the team. And I think it does play on the spirit of the team. Um, we can all accept that the fellas are injured and stuff for that. Uh, that, that you have to make changes. But when fellas are fully fit, they all know who the best fit. And for me, Kieran Bennett would be in any water for team that's been picked because you will get exactly what you want. Whether you want to play in wing forward, midfield, halfback, Kieran will give you everything. He can play any position. Now, look, Shane didn't play last year for one reason or another. And I know he was hurting when Waterford got to the All-Ireland final last year. But they've played him full forward for most of the championship and the league went back wing back the last day and then gave him the number six jersey, which I think was a massive thing for him. I've seen him all his underage career. He's a fantastic player, but missing out a season is of no help to his hurling and stuff like that. He will improve. But look, the matches are coming so fast and thick now. Like if he was getting another three weeks before the next round, he'd be even better for the All Ireland quarter final. But what you like about this Waterford team now is the spirit that they showed the desire, the, the, the total attack. And, and even there was, one, um, there was one passage of play where the sideline ball, which I, I think to be fair to the referee, probably got it wrong. Um, you know, the short puck that, that Gleeson hit the bound. The ball only mm. went three or four yards. He, he actually should have blown up because he was too close. And you need a bit of look on the day. But bound to wheel around and then flick it off the ground into Gleeson's hand. He struck it over 70, 80 yards straight out of the bar. All those little things worked for Waterford on, on Saturday. And they were all, and like the crowd, the Waterford, and, and like lads, there was only fifteen or 1,600 Waterford supporters there. But it felt like there was 20,000 Waterford supporters there. And the players definitely, this particular team feeds off of the crowd in Waterford. And if the crowds will go up again at the weekend, and, and I think we know that they'll be playing tip, I can tell you this much: they're going to bring some. They're going to bring some party next next weekend. Yeah, we we got a fair bit of old stick, TJ, and you probably got more blamed than I did for not mentioning the potential Aaron Galen red card last week. We apologise and also just to clear up that I think we all, including you, TJ, felt it was a red card, um, and Aaron was very very lucky. And uh, God only knows what <coughs> might have happened uh, in the meantime. But your look, Tipper's still there, Limerick are still there, so. Um, just to clear up on that, we got we got too excited talking about the comeback, I think, and, and all that. Yeah. We had another we had another red TJS uh, Saturday, Connor Gleeson, and a huge pile in it. I, Joe went to maybe check his run, following Connor Whelan, and he flicked like so, um, and it was caught. I think Jamesy showed it as long with a lovely picture of JJ Delaney and Ollie Kenning's asses in the stand. Uh, Jamesy was able to highlight it for us. Um, but did like, I, would they have? You think, TJ? Would they have any clue in the dressing room this was about to unfold? <laughs> you know. Yeah, we, we actually we actually had a conversation about it ourselves. Like, and yeah. I suppose we, we were asking the question that if they did and they took took him off, right? I think he needs to be sent off on the field to play, and that's why the referee had to wait for him to come back out. And like, if you took him off and then he made a substitution and said, actually, do you know what? He's sick. He's gone home. What would have happened then? I don't know. Like, it would have been, it would have been very interesting. But he, caught, he COVID symptoms. COVID symptoms, yeah. <laughs> so, look, my, my my reaction is, and just even seen it last night, I think that was harsh. I I, I will go on record as saying the Aaron Gillan one 
was cast iron. I think nobody could argue against that. That was very straightforward. That was right. Like George Hecht's run, yeah. Like I think Derek's point was right. Um, I think it was more of a flick than a malicious hit. I think it was it was, it was probably a harsh red card. But I suppose the thing from Warren's point of view is like going into a dressing room, you'd like to know and have that 10, 15 minutes to prepare that you only have 14 men, right? Well, like Joe, Joe was down injured, TJ, and the referee went straight to Sean Stack, wasn't it? Was, Sean yeah. Stack went yeah. straight up to his umpires, like. So, yeah. The, yeah. The, the umpires called the referee as well, I'd say, is he the contact? He went up to them. Yeah. You, know. yeah, you could see, you could see, could see that you could some see official didn't pick up on it or something. Yeah. It was an, it was an interesting one. But I suppose, look, you would have thought, and we thought at the time, that that was going to have an adverse effect because you'd imagine the Galway dressing room at halftime was, we need to start well here. No, they're going to be a man up. You're going to say, no, it's even better again, right? But like, Waterford won that third quarter 7-3. Hard to yeah. believe that they won that quarter. And I was going to say to Cyril there, right, is, like after the first water break, you felt that Galway didn't play great, right? But it was 9-7 at the water break. You wouldn't have been overly worried. But then in the second quarter, um, like Waterford won one nine to two points. They just completely took over there. You were expecting the, re- the reaction then, sir, and it didn't come. So it's, no, it's hard to explain. Yeah, but like we were so much off the pace. Like what you say is very true. Waterford attacked. They all came in droves, like together. The short pass, the overlap, their pace. Like the, I, where I was in the stand, I was in the kind of the new stand up and down. On that, say the, the right wing of the Waterford attacked were passing by, wing backs, car backs, shooting around. We had no pace to cope with them. And they got, they got eight or nine or ten points around, then they got the goal. Like it was, they couldn't miss at that stage. Like you know, goal weren't in the game at all. But it was the very same against Dublin. Like we were off the pace. Like and people are all talking about the match. Say we kind of redeemed the team. Redeemed ourselves by coming back. We go back to the Dublin match. You see, we we, we did not. We didn't even put on a sub against Dublin. We put on backs for forwards. Like. To me, the rot set in there. These lads are training all year. Now, I don't know what kind of training they're doing, but whatever they're doing, there's no energy in the team. That's what you do to expect to be have a good bit of zip in them. They're all at a horror, but like, there was, that, that was lacking. If you compare that, say, to the Clare parking or to Clare's display, say, yesterday or the last few days, like, to me, Brian Lohan got 100%, 110% out of all the players. They, they died with their shoes on. Galway are kind of frustrated because they know they're much, the people would feel that they're much better than that, but the way they're playing is... Like now they're going, to, they're going to say, well, look, what that team is finished. Someone's going to have to rebuild the team now. With a lot of these that are around the Good Island, I don't know whatever we'll get the zip. They have the horn, but we'll never get the zip back in to be able to play at the pace that you need now. Like, certainly, yeah. But you, you'd have a fair feeling for around the place. You, you go to as many games as you can and all that, and in county league games and all that. Like the, the, the Dublin match was disappointing, obviously, as you said. Yeah. But was there? We were just speculating last week that there would be a kick. In both teams, but there might be a yeah. bigger kick in Galway because people were talking up Galway as the probably big threat to Limerick early on the year. Was that feeling around the place the last two to three weeks? Do you know that, that this, these boys are going to show that they're they're yeah, better than the 14 yeah, against Galway or against Dublin? Sorry. The, yeah, the feel was to get the second chance very lucky. They got the extra week, they got the extra break. You know what I mean? And they, sh- they should have been ready. Okay, there was the, the, when the team was picked, lads were saying, geez, hold on a minute. Like, there's lads here that are playing terribly bad and they're still on. They're, like, I don't know what form they were going on picking, fellas. And then a lot of that was dropped. You'd wonder, you know, the way things were going. But, like, definitely, like, the way the feeling now is, it's, it's just a feeling that, that 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 panel has to be re rejigged and restructured. There has to be new lads brought in, lads with pace and kind of, you know, I'm not saying other lads didn't want to play, but the, the needs, the, an energy drive needs to come into because if you compare that to, to Watford or to, to Clare or to Cork, like the, the mm. matches the weekend, there was no energy in our team. And like, uh, mm. whatever, if I hear lads telling me again how many kgs are out to lift in the gym, Jesus, this thing gives me fucking a pain in the head. Listen to the KGs is lovely. Why are we hitting the bloody ball? I'll tell you what, I asked a minor selector the other day, a young lad came on against Limerick. Uh, Tiz, you know, this young lad came on and got his few points. Limerick came back to level after seven points down. Final came up and I had no sign of the young lad coming on. One of the selectors I know, I said to him after the one the match in fair, I said to him, met him there, I said, what about the young lad, the, the lad, the sub that got a few points? Oh, he said, he got a few points there, but he got no hooks or blocks. Hooks or blocks. Christ, I said, I prefer a four to get three or four points than ten blocks, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. the, they're going all the way around. You start off hooking and blocking, and you, you know, the, 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 the thing up in your back and what you're going to run. 
Like, Sean O'Reilly is playing wouldn't run at all. But when the ball is great, around the spirit, tap it into net. Like, they're obsessed, you know, with, with making the game maybe more complicated than it is. But that was the answer about who He did no hooks and blocks, but he got a few points from playing. Like, Jesus, yeah, where did just, just telling the boys there, like, you know, there was a fella from a prominent clear club and they had a couple of lads on the Clare Miners. And uh, someone said that this fella was going from the club, went to one of the, the Clare Miners selectors and said, He's like, we've a lad here that's definitely better than the two boys that are there. Yeah. Like, so I could tell you for sure. Oh no, he said this. It's kind of five criteria. The first one being his speed on the wall, ball to hand, ball to hand back. That he was off it on that. Maybe an old social issue. Maybe he had a couple of pints cider some night. But like, there was no doubt in the club man's mind that he was way ahead of the other two when it came to. These, we we sometimes we tie ourselves up in knots, yeah. Mark, with this stuff. Like you know, we stats, okay, we have stats. to maybe try and set some standards. Uh, you know, we know ourselves, but Jesus, you can't, you can't be pigeonholing eighty lads from minor down and saying oh, you yeah. have to Look, conform. But what what Sil has said there now is exactly what's happening in Cork as well. Okay, you go, Mike. Oh, we're going we're going okay, but they're they're okay. Uh, there's two players in particular now at the moment, right, who are falling into the cell category there now, right? Decky Dalton, right? I, I'm led to believe that the players have a watch on a training every night which which clocks their heartbeat, which clocks the mileage they're doing in training and stuff like that, right? Now, I can tell you, neither of the three of us and, uh, would prefer to see the watch on. We probably I'd say, give that to Jory. Give Jory, I'll follow my watch and I'll let you go away. I do the hauling, right? You do the running, do you know? And... Um, and I'd say he's, he's one for the files in that category that doesn't suit him. But by God, is he what a club holder he is for Farrell O'Neill's and for Emmy Killy over the last number of years. And he would probably be in the top three or four physical forwards that I would say. And he has a bit more zip than people actually give him credit for. So, like, you know, some fellas might be able to run 100 metres on the clock faster than everybody else. But I can tell you, some fellas will run faster with the ball in their end. Then, then the other fellas that, that, that just run perfectly. And mentioning Sean O'Leary, uh, so I yeah. remember about seven or eight years ago, I met him in the bank one day, and he says to me, um, he says, they're all fucking crazy about this speed now, he said. And with it all, he said, Usain Bolt, he said, is the fastest man in the world, but I bet you he couldn't hit the ball in the run over the bar for 45 yards out, he said. <laughs> I said, you're, you're dead right, Sean, like, you know. But, um, I'm I, 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 sorry, sorry, Mark. I was going to say this earlier. How much but, of in Galway, do you know the fact that there's nearly too much choice? Like you take Clare, right? And in yeah. fairness to Lohan, right? Lohan Dello has what he has, right? And he has to make the best of that group. He has to buy into them, believe in them, right? Like if I take Galway, right? We could probably decide you could play three or four different fellas full back. You could play growth back at Ernie Dahi Burke, Fintenburg. You could play three or four different centre backs, right? Patrick Mannion, Shane Cooney, Gerard McInerney, Joseph Cooney, right? You could play one guy at fullback called Dahi Burke. You could. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, how, how, much, how much of it do you think nearly is, nearly too much choice? It is a problem because if, if you play bad for a day or two in Galway, you're gone. I'll give you an example. I was at a league match good few years ago, donkey years ago, Kevin Keenan played his first match for Offaly and Bor. Fullback. Christ Almighty. If it was in Galway, he'd be gone forever. Very slow, couldn't get the ball. By the following September, it was match or two before Christmas at him, he was nearly an all-star because they had no one else to lift him in the work to it. Galway liked they're very quick to, you know what I mean, to get to get rid of a fella if he plays bad at all. Go back to the stats and things. We have a lad in the club at home called Jason Flynn. Now to me he is more hurling in one finger <coughs> than a lot of them have been ten. But they said, oh, he does, he's work great and he's hooking his breast. I said, let's look at it. Give him the ball and he'd score. But that doesn't seem to happen. You know what I mean? It's that, I'm told it's old style. You're, you're old style. You know? Jesus, when he did, when he did get it, he did score, sir. You know what I mean, Anthony? Has a, yeah. Like, Tipperary against Limerick the last day. Like, they played two long, three long and four long balls in the first half. Over the half back on top of the full back and Limerick. Got the breaks, took it in the net. Second half comes. There's no long ball going in over the half back. They stop, you know, because... It's just seen as old style. You know, it's a funny, if it's working, you know, a lot, a lot of the time, you want to be playing an instinct. If you if you have all this special thing in hurling, you want to play a bit of an instinct and let hurl, lads hurl as well. You know, like, that, mm. that's what it's all about. I see Stephen Bennett. He was in college at the time, below UL, great hurler. I, I don't think in the last regime was he picked at all on the bloody team. 
because once you do so many minutes and then you're off and he's going to switch. Like, no, like he's blooming. He's going into a strong man and he's taking on responsibilities. He's taking frees. He's, uh, he's everywhere. He's knocking lads out of the way because he's like clay. You know, he's not tied down. And that, to me, the, the, the whole thing is kind of gone a little, you know, it's, you're trying to synchronize or, you know, Limerick have a pattern and they're very, very good at it. Very hard to break it down. But like, still, Lim, or tip for the first 35 minutes, to me, they played fantastic hurling, but weren't there to keep it going. But like, it, was, it was great hurling. They had lovely, say, hands and wrists. But you have to be able to mm. score an instinct. And the, the forward's first job to me should be to score. If now he doesn't score, make a score. And if he doesn't that, stop the backs. But now they're doing it the other way around. Yeah. Your first job is to stop the bloody back. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I suppose yeah. Delo, the instinct. I was going to say, Delo, it's probably very important that we highlight the importance of Jamie Barron to this Waterford team. Like he was, he was missing nearly yours. Like he is, he's, he's nearly the key Lynch factor of this Waterford team, and that yeah. so much stuff goes through him. He's like just a bundle of energy in the middle of the field. He chips in with his four points from play. His effectiveness to this particular team in the way they play, he's huge, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And the decision to play Peter Hogan midfield was probably a few yeah. eyebrows even from Waterford people, but he, they just outpaced Galway there, didn't they? Both of them had to run on their men, like, yeah. and I mean, Baron is so good now. He'd run the match from there for you, and he did run the match virtually. Like, um, it's hard to believe he was injured for a fairly prolonged period because he missed the yeah. clear game and he only came on for twelve minutes against Leash. So Jesus, watching him, you know, he's only a week now as well to recover. But watching him, like, you just say. I mean, this fella is buzzing, like, you know, and, and, yeah, and again, like, funny. I go back to Cyril's thing about the what you convince press and all this. Baron, Baron doesn't <laughs> be tackling everyone. He's just going around, getting on the ball, moving the yeah. ball, scoring, linking play. Jeez, like, I mean, he's, yeah, well, like, he's, he's, back, he's, but... he's going to the ball the whole time. It's funny, the tip, Warford, tip and suit Warford, even Baron, because they play convince enough around midfield. So both and Warford are drawn against Dublin. Imagine Kitty would have so many midfield that the Jamie Barons wouldn't be on as much ball. There'd be so much traffic there, he wouldn't be able to do what he's what he's doing, say, in Torrance. Like, you know, I think Tip would play more conventionally. It actually suit Barron a lot more. Hard to tie him down, but other teams would crowd the middle and, and there'd be nowhere to go. He won't pick up as much ball in it anyway. And what about, sir, you know, I mean, we, we wouldn't stick daggers in anyone's backs here now in terms of we call it out as we see it, but will there be a feeling for change at the top in Galway in, in terms of. Shane, I like. I mean, a tough time to be manager any time coming yeah. from outside into Galway, obviously. But coming in COVID times, very, very difficult. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. He had a tough like. It was very hard for him to like. There was nothing happened. It was hard to do. Like to be fair, the new setup, and like it was different time. I think what they're looking at for Galway more than anything is is to kind of revamp that. That team has given great service. They won the Royal Ireland. Okay, people should have said they won more, but we always said that about him. Great, have great service. Like, and you're going to find a couple of them that are going to go themselves. But there definitely is a time like that. Somebody you now, TJ, know the, the club seem very well. They're still great club holders, but that's a different thing to county. Like, and there is a lot of stuff in Galway. Like, you know, four of us could win a Galway, and you could pick a brand new fifteen. And I guarantee you, they'd be there. They'd, they'd hold their own. They might win it, but they'd hold their own. As TJ said, to be pl there's plenty of choice. I think that's what people are looking for really more than anything else, because this team has has given a lot. But the last two games have shown, like you know. That just you know when the championship came, weren't at the pace, and that, that's you have. But you have to have the hurl, but you have to have pace as well, especially on the flanks, because there's lads flying up and down, like the wing modern wing force that's way to cover back up and down, up and down, up and down. And if you haven't that that in in you, you won't be able to do it. Like you know, so I would think that's what they're looking for more than anything else. It's very easy to change managers, and that, but like the manager doesn't play. Okay, he selects the team, like you know, but they'd have to look at I think to, to revitalize it, pick a new team really. That that's what they have to go at. And so, four so minor all Ireland's in a row. Um, mm. TJ, just Mark, sorry, come back to you. Um, yeah. There has to be a fair amount of talent there, so you'd know it well. Oh, sure. like, yeah. Look at Anthony, the, the biggest thing in Galway to look at closely is since 1990, I know it's been over 90, between minor under 21 senior all Ireland's been about 93 all Ireland's been won. Galway have won over 33% of them, but they've only won one senior. So you have to look between club. Minor under 21, you have to look at what's happening between the transition from the underage thing to the county senior thing. There's a, there's a, there's a discrepancy there. Like, we, we're not making good value of what we had. Like, Tip have won three or, their three or four. You know what I mean? When you have this stuff, yeah. you have to make, you have to make, you know, like, clear to be fair, you know what they have. 
you know, like Cocker coming again now, Limerick when they got the Mountains, when they got the shoe on the road, they're, they're making hay with the sunshine. We didn't, we got one. And now that team is more or less gone. Like it's gone, a lot of them be gone because they just find their head to go up to. So that would be to me, if you're looking at the overall thing, how do we transfer them? Like the, the under 21s or the under 20s are playing next year, tomorrow night. And like there's two or three minor teams going in there after winning. And that's saying that doesn't mean what we put. The quality is there around the place. And they're all around that in the Raiders in college. They're not gone away. They're around the whole time. So that, that to me, like, you know, whoever, whoever, if they look for new lads, they'll have no problem. And they'll be still hard to beat, like, you know, and they'll come with energy. That's, that's the big thing, I think, because they'll have to hurl them. Um, Dale, I think the biggest challenge in most counties in the modern era is to manage reality versus expectation. And in fairness to Shane Owen and John Fisk when they got it, like, they did build this team up nicely in the league and the general vibe was around the country that they were best prepared to have a rattle at Limerick and the expectation was growing and growing and growing, right? And then when you don't win a championship game, then everybody feels that it is a major disappointment. So I suppose they were kind of a victim of their own league success and they've gone so well. I think for this team, sir, last year's Leinster final loss, I think, was psychologically a blow because I thought they were nicely positioned to go on and win Leinster. Then this year, I suppose, they, I, I, I thought, honestly thought, that God, there were certainties to win Leinster in 2021. Like, if I was, if I was, put my money where my mouth was, I would have, been hurt severely there because I thought I, th- I thought it was a done deal the way they were. A lot, of, fella, lot of fellas were, <laughs> lot of fellas were. But this, this, the reality versus expectation. But I, I have been fortunate to see all around the county. The club scene is very strong. It's very competitive. Every single day you go out, like Sarah spoke about uh, Jason Flynn um, two years ago in the quarter final. Jason Flynn now he took us out in his own sort in in Athenry. He was unbelievable. And I, 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 I'll come back to the point I made at the start, right? To me, and I don't know how exactly you manage it because it's, it's not in that many counties. There's just nearly too much choice. You nearly have to believe in a fella and the day that he goes down, it's picking back up and like whoever happens there for 2022, you nearly have to go and decide this guy's going to be full back, this guy's going to be centre back, I'm going to build my team from here and work from there and, and, and nearly do that. To me, that's nearly what's required in Galway. But there's so much choice. Like I just Sarah said, the four of us could just sit down today and look at Galway and we could pick four different centre-backs. That's how much quality is there, but it's the whole management of it seems to be difficult. Sir. Okay, the only thing I would say to you, right, and, and you're, you're right in, in everything you're saying, right, but we have probably would have said six weeks ago or eight weeks ago that Gerard McInerney looked like he was after losing a yard of pace. I also said in the part here that I thought to Joe Canning is a pale shadow of the Joe Canning I saw from a number of years back. And I felt that Evan Nyland should have been in from the start and Joe Canning should have been used as coming on or as playing midfield as just a player that that's, you know, has no... He has totally lost his pace, lads. And even the fact... I, I don't know how bad a belt he got on Saturday, but, like, coming off at half-time with his hand inside in his jersey, I thought he was a dislocated shoulder the man was out to get. OK, he got a belt of a hurley, but... I thought he was, there was no way we'd see him in the second half. So, I, I don't know, lads. I, I don't know. As a, I, I'd have a strong feeling that, there's a, that, that the players there don't feel the right team has been picked, in my view, and they're playing accordingly. But as I keep going, going back, as I call him to the professor, Professor Cody, you look at the stuff he has at the moment. Like, look all that he's gone, left off, gone, have given, you know, the, they're all gone, the, the gods. And now he has a lot of lads on that team that played Westmead a few years ago and were beaten in under 21 Eddie Brennan over them. And if they keep going like they're going, they're going to be all-stars. Like, you know, and he, like, he's working. They haven't won minors lately on 21s, but he always keeps introducing a fellow or two, a fellow or two. And the one thing you're going to get the whole time from them is you know you're going to get the same commitment, the same hardness. If they get a belt, they'll go down, they'll hop up, they'll take it on the chin, they'll give it. Like, yeah. what do you call him? Lee Chin cutting through, down the middle, going through, through, through. Next thing, Paddy Deegan, put his body on the line. No one put the... Last year, Galway playing Limerick, Kyle Hayes comes up along the touchline, on the touchline. I wouldn't mind the lads not catching from behind because they can't catch up to him. But the lads faced him. No one hit him put him over the line. Same against Tip. Wouldn't blame the lads not catching up. But no one came to hit them a rattle. But Paddy Deegan came and took... He was hurt. But you took the belt. That's what you have to instill in the teams. And that's what Cody has the whole time. And where he's going to play them? They mightn't have any... So if they keep winning, they're going to have all-stars. Around the country, a lot of these lads aren't known at all. But by God, again, like the one thing you're going to get, he has what teaches in. He picks the fellas that, you know, he sets on them. Correct. And that, if you don't like it, 
lumpen. And if you don't like the training, you know what I mean? He doesn't actually drop the lads. He just, you have to have an apparel. He just doesn't pick them. So therefore, they get the message them. themselves. But Sir, look, yeah, he nearly has a character box before strength and conditioning, pace, doing all that kind of stuff. If you, if you, if you take the character box for Cody, he'll fix the rest of them nearly. That's the Because he'll say to you, when, when they're going to come into my panel, they're all into hurling. I'm not yeah. going to teach them how to hurl, but I'll teach them how to play team hurl, you know, what to, to do the, to do the basics. They don't have to do the flashy things. And I'm looking forward to seeing the fast, we'll call it the fast teams, the flash teams playing, because to me, they'll grind, they'll do, you know, they'll grind on it. They're doing what you said as well, Mark. You know, say, like uh, the, the big fellow, Walter Welsh, you know, uh, Killian Buckley. Wally. He's not, no matter how good the play when they come on, he's not picking them. He's waiting for the last 10 minutes and get that 10 minutes out. They know their job and there's no one to say boo because if you do, you're like to me, like to me, the counties, if you want to be successful, should be looking closely at what he's doing because whatever right. he's doing, like, you know, they're very, very successful. Love them or hate well, them. They are the benchmark the yeah. whole time. The, the, the big thing for me with, with Kilkenny has always been attitude, subtle, right? I think the first character that he's going for is attitude. If a fella's attitude is right, you can do all the other things with him. Like John Donnelly, Massey Keown, right, Walter yeah. Welch. I certainly know from a cock point of view, there wouldn't be a whole pile of cock selectors would pick those three lads because they don't no. have that flash ability, right? And, yeah. I, and I saw it firsthand dealing with them. Like, and, I, and I was involved with a senior team for one year. And I said, lads, we need to change our whole thinking because well, said, we have lovely hurlers. They have great skill. But by Jesus, there's a few of them wouldn't go into a dark room like and that's 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 the thing we have with the Kilkenny fellas. By God, I tell you, they wouldn't be tail over it. Well, we teach it to God to tell you the other way. They'd be safe enough for me today, sir. Maybe now, but not a while ago. No, lads, look, I just think you know, and we, we, Joe obviously achieved a massive milestone the weekend, becoming the the, the greatest, highest ever score passing out Henry. You know, I just think. If, if it is to be the last of some of those Galway lads and there is a rebuild and we, we can only speculate now, sure, everything changes and as the weeks go on, but they've given great old value to that Galway team. I think oh, yeah. of some of the Galway tip matches in the last, you know, eight to ten years and, and Joe alone and even Mark, whether he should be playing for the whole 70 minutes or not, but Jesus, Joe was fair instrumental in the comeback. I mean, he caught a couple Good. of balls. You know, um, and his vision for the goal. Oh, the ball the, inside the Jason Flynn. Pop, pop the ball in over your man's head, straight into Jason Flynn's head. Like, just, it was like there's nobody questioning Joe. Like. Listen, I, know, I wouldn't be I know question, what you're I'm questioning like. Joe. He's, he's been, I saw him playing with Port Tumna when he was a kid against Newtown Chandram. And he carried, I was he carried that Port Tumna team, but he was the man taking the freeze at 16, 17 years of age. He was the fellow getting all the scores. Look, Canning has a, been a brilliant, brilliant player and a lovely guy, lovely chap. It's just that at some stages, how do you utilise him best? And yeah, he's, that's the question I have at this moment in time. I thought earlier on in the year, I thought Galway were playing a way better utilising Joe coming off the bench, in my view. Yeah, yeah. And look, at that's the way now. It's, there's so many players in the country in watching yeah. the football. They're not 70-minute players or 75-minute players anymore. They're kind of, you know, they're the 30-minute guys, the 25-minute guys. And But just to say that, I just want to say that some of those Galway players I've, I've loved watching. And I, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not retiring any of them now. But I'm yeah, just but thinking yeah. of those guys who, 17 and the other, jeez. Right back to 12. Do you know what you're As a leader, David Burke, when he's not mm. on, David Burke, Okay, his best year is probably behind him. Like he's given great service as well. And a lot, whenever, when he's playing, he's a leader on the pitch. He doesn't have to be as good as others. He's had to lead. He's had to make the right decisions, mm -hmm. both with club and county. He's done it so often. When he's missing, to me, there's no one replacing him at the moment on that team when he's not on. You know, now, okay, he has to come to the end of his tether sometime. But to me, he, he's a terrible vital cog. You know, and wouldn't have to be the best player, but just his presence alone, making the right decisions, mm -hmm. and kind of, he's a real leader when he's missing on that team, I tell you. Yeah, he was he was on the bench, sir, wasn't he? Like he, he was number twenty one. Like I, I know I'd be completely biased here, right, in saying that. Jesus, if I was going to war in the morning, I'd certainly have Davy Brook in the middle of the field, bringing me to whatever it is, sir, 45, 50, yeah. 60 minutes, and then get some young fellas to bring us home. But like, if you go back to the Limerick game in the league this year, above in Salt Hill, sir, Davy Brook had an unbelievable first half in, in, in yeah, that well, game. That's, like so, you, 
it's back to choice again, isn't it? Like, and I yeah. think these younger guys mm. are going to come, like, but as I said, you, like, from a completely biased side. And the other one is, I thought, I've been amazed with Finton over the last couple of years in, in, in Club Hurling. I thought, again, he got a quick shift. Maybe there could be something done more with him. But again, because of choice and because of different things. But again, that's me with my St. Thomas's glasses on. Now, but certain, all- certainly, certainly, I would have Daley Burke starting on that team for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a teacher, like, to be a few speed around the county. I don't know how to drop them. Like, I mean, he might be brilliant, but he was as good as everyone else. You could drop the whole lot at the Dublin game. Yeah. But to me, with the future, Fitton Buck would still be the future going on. But yeah. at the moment, there's no one replacing David Buck's leadership on that team. And to me, he's a terrible loss because you need leaders. You know what I mean? You need them. And, and when the goal of the team, they might be missing. Like, the hurling doesn't come into it as much as the leadership at times. Yeah, so lads, we we have to move it on a small bit. I suppose we were always going over time on this show, and today would be another recipe for that. But um, um, we mentioned a leash, great win, some turnaround by Cheddar's men um, last few weeks. But obviously, Mark, fantastic win for ye, badly wanted by ye. We we would have badly wanted it ourselves. And I, I suppose, as I said, as we, as we said when we did the introduction, if if you ask me to pick a clear hurler of all time to get that ball. I probably have gone for the sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wouldn't be going around the field doing what Tony was doing. He probably, probably have planted that in the cup bottom corner. No, yeah. If you ask me, the fault a better man than Tony, <clears throat> you know. And that that was really clear. Never say die, which has been the way this year. And Cyril touched on that. But um, when Claire went ahead, it was a twenty-one twenty. Yeah. I thought, Mark. He die. Here we go again. I says we have him now. Oh yeah, foot, foot yeah. on the throw. But Jesus, they did yeah. respond really well, Cork. They did. They did. They did. And you're right. And and Anthony, when Claire went a point up, they had real Cork in from being five points up themselves. So I thought Cork had made their way for home, um, with about fifteen minutes to go. That they were five points up. So, uh, and the response was to bring on Conor Cahillan at the time, which I thought was a bit of a surprise because I was saying. To scorers more than what what great guys that we were looking for, but yeah. um, I suppose the introduction of Barrett was a big help, and the introduction of Conley then straight afterwards, and particularly Conley, the first ball that Conley latched onto, he showed oh, exactly right. what Sel has been saying earlier on, right? That give me a give me a scorer first rather than if it does a lot of hooks and blocks, and when the game is tight like that, like we won all in '99 with Shani McGrath playing Connor forward. And I'd say at halftime, everybody in the stadium thought he was going to be taken off. But he got three points in play in the second half. And it wasn't for hooks and blocks that he was left on. It was his ability to be able to snipe a couple of scores here and there as the game went on. So, like, I, I would say there was great credit. Like, this was a game that Cork needed to win. And this is a game that Cork have lost in the past. So we have... The way, we, they, we, the way we, they won it, like. Correct. To yeah. win a tight one. That was, that's the big one, I suppose, is what, what you'd be saying. And I'd have to say, I thought the standard of hurling was pretty good as well. It was lively, it was honest, it was fair. And I thought it was very well handled by John Keenan as well. Um, a couple of incidents that you're always going to have question marks over. But in general, both teams went out in hammers and tongs and just played in a great spirit and a great manner. But, you know, I, I give great credit for Rory Hayes, the point he scored. Like, you were six points down and he knocked the ball over the bear. All of a sudden, then there was a penalty. It's now back to two points. And mm. it just shows that in the, in the hurling games now, anything can happen later on because other teams would have went for a goal straight away when they were six points down. He knocked the ball over the bear and gave an opportunity to arise again afterwards. And I thought that was a very sensible thing to do. But in the overall context, Anthony, like, we really, really needed that victory. Um, you know, this particular team needs that victory. And... The fact that they went out, I suppose, without Damien Cahillan and last, um, like last Damien on Wednesday to appendicitis and last Owen Cadigan, who was going to be going in full back to a groin injury on Thursday night. Um, you know, I thought Rob Downey, in fairness, came in yeah. and looked like a fella that had been there all his life. And we mentioned it previously. He played three league games full back last year uh, in the league and was very, very good there. And then Cadigan came back and he got pushed out wing back. And I felt at the time when I said this, I think he's made for fullback. I think he's a very cool uh, customer, goes about his business nice and tidy, but has plenty hurling, left and right. He's a big man as well. Uh, and I think he's a great future uh, for Cork at fullback. And I think he could solve one of the positions for us. 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of disappointment around here, TJ, yesterday. You know, people shell-shocked, I suppose, even Saturday night. Um, wouldn't be a huge crowd at the match, obviously, but anyone that was going, what kind of came out west, called in, I suppose. And, um, I just, the way Claire played it, it's all in, like, it's everyone fighting for everything, but it's a high percentage game, sort of, isn't it? We flood the middle, sort of, and then we have wides with shooting under pressure, and they mount up, and then... If you concede in three goals down at Hoppe, which, which, which are crowded enough, even though there was still space in the Cockfull forward line, which for me, that would bother me with the way we're set up. But you have to nail probably a higher percentage of what from outside with the way a clear set up. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. Like Clear finished the game with 18 wides, which is a big total. And all those, like probably a couple of them hurt maybe in the second half. I was fortunate to be at the game, uh, Delo. It was it was incredible viewing. A good uh, jockey buddy of mine picked me up on his way from Cork. So to watch all the battles go, to watch the battles going on, uh, especially between uh, Niall O'Leary and, and, and TK, yeah. that was incredible. Like even just watching that after play, like the two of them, mm. and it was it, like it was very tough, but it was sporting. Both of them gave it to each other. Leary got a couple of great flicks away, and he tapped Tony Kelly. You've probably seen on television once or twice, Kelly got one or two great scores and he tacked him back. The two of them had an almighty battle. But like And there was no malice, there was no malice in that. To see Tony Kelly get one or two of the scores he got there, just off the charts, like and see him covering the ground. But what I will say about from from Claire's point of view is right, they threw the kitchen sink at them, they created like the, the general kind of thinking today would be the Cork's pace. Created goal chances, right? Mm. But they know Claire created two or three very good goal chances as well, right? And there's probably two or three pieces of play that will kind of maybe go amiss, right? Hoggy's flick for Kingston's goal, right? That looked like him. That looked like he meant that. He like the pass from Kingston had to be low, otherwise it was going to be blocked. Hoggy flicked it. It was a beautiful ball into his hands. And the other piece of play was Ryan Taylor's ball to Gary Cooney was just unbelievable, just pure jam. Great chance of a goal again. And you nearly would have felt at the game, right, that if that hit the back of the net, Delo, it probably would have put you big time in the driving seat, right? So, <coughs> tactic, tactically, again, you're right in what you're saying, but to what Sarah said there, like, Lohan, in fairness, him on the line, and he nearly has a kind of a Cody shadow or something on the yes, line, right? Because yes. I saw him barking once or twice, yeah. like, right? And, like, he just gets everything out of him. Uh, Davey Mack got a, a, a downtowner, and that, that was just driving him on. You could see Lohan on the sideline. And they just got everything they could out of the players they had. And, like, there was nothing in it. Like, as I said, people might think that Cork created the goal chances. Like, Cork have lightning pace up top, Matt. There's no doubt about that. It's exciting to watch. They have goal yeah. on their minds. Jack O'Connor definitely wants goal, goal, goal. Kingston is thinking goal. Like, Hoggy, like, I know he's coming towards the end of it as well, right? But, again, he chipped in with three points and play, one off his knees. So, really, really good game to watch. The passing... Just striking the ball. Ava Quilligan was striking the ball either side, like down to the 21 yard line, right? The, the stick passing, the handling. Carl Malone in the middle of the field chips in with three points Brilliant. in the yeah, So, yeah. All, all, all round, I would say, a high quality game and a real boost for Cork to win that. And today, Matthew, I'm sure that Cork missed with the draw. Like, there's, there's a pep in your step. I can nearly see it, right? That you'll be kind of loud this week. You've got Munster on the 25 on Wednesday night. They don't get loud. That's, they don't get loud. That's you the important do. game this week, TJ. <laughs> it is. You can, With you the, can nearly, the finals you can Tuesday night. I thought Claire made one big mistake. They should have pushed up on the Cork puckouts. When you let mm. a team like Cork or Limerick and those that run in teams get a sharp puck out to the cornerback or wingback and they can look up and pin it up the pitch. If I was playing Cork, maybe I'm completely wrong, I'd shove up and make them puck the ball and everyone everyone had to fight for the 50-50 ball. Because you're asking for trouble. Now, Claire really played well, but I thought that was one thing that you should have done because mm. they were given, they were conceding the puck out. Okay, they had the next man back. But the way Cork play off the shoulder, running at pace, you're, 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 asking, you're asking them to come on to you. Like, if you shoved yeah. up on it, the goalie would have to puck out the ball. But the lad, to me, that, that the Cork team looked lovely and, and Claire was up. The lad, to me, that's Sean O'Donnell, I think he's a great hurler, maybe completely and very, very great pace as Sean O'Donnell with the corner back. That guy, to me, is very, very good, kind of underrated. But both teams, look at it. Was, I, I really enjoyed the match. You know, like, it was a great look, but I just felt that Claire, they were conceding every puck out. And God, when you do that against a running team, if you do that against Limerick, You'll be talking about doing against Walter. They run that. They like that game. 
the, the big thing is if you stop them from getting the ball, they can't run. So therefore, that, that, that's the one thing I would say. If if the if the clear management look at again for playing cock game, I'd say they should push up in the puck out. And like yeah. in a, like if 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 Tony if Tony buries the last one, then hit. Yeah. We're talking kind of different stuff this morning, you know. A bit, ah, we're not going to be like as very proud of Clare, I have to say. But the only thing, like, we were getting nothing much to stick up front, Mark. I mean, as Earl said, Sean, I don't know who Downey obviously, and I know yeah. he was doing his own very job, good. but they were coming like uh, any ball we played up was coming out again. I mean, Shanahan didn't get yeah. going, um, no, just, you know, there wasn't the same return for me. He, he hasn't been scoring as much as we'd like anyway, but he, he has been doing. Trojan work in terms of holding yeah. up the ball for the runners and breaking yeah. the ball. But we can get enough to stick. And then I felt we were playing the high percentage shots from outside. And like you, you are on a you know, clear, even traditionally Limerick, maybe we, we'd be shooting and our, our, our scoring record would never be as high as a Cork tip record. Do you know, and yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. continued some fine lines. Like, I mean, you get the goal at the end, doesn't matter. You're saying what warriors they are to keep going, but the Cork yeah. full back line and even. You know, the Corker allowing Tim O'Mahony get up the field as well, nice bit still, aren't they? As another yeah. sort of a threat. Yeah, like I, I suppose Anthony, like Aidan McCarthy got a couple of points, right? But he missed a few chances as well that he normally has been scoring this year. Uh, Ian Galvin got a quick shift and, and his replacement, Matty Rogers, got replaced again afterwards. So he mm. wasn't a success. So that, to be fair, possibly is down to the to the success of maybe the cock defence. And you mentioned Sean, I don't know. Like, Sean is, is like, probably outside of Sean Finn, you're probably the second cornerback. As Rory Hayes has been very good so far this year, but Jack O'Connor gave him a bit of a skinning on Saturday night now as well. Um, but like, there are three excellent cornerbacks that we have in the game at the moment. But you're right, so Sean is, is certainly under the radar in terms of um, where he is in the pecking order cornerbacks. But... I mean, any any good forward that needs to be marked, I would have Sean O'Donoghue on him all day. He has pace, he also has the strength, and he's very, very calm. Very, very calming influence around the place. But um, I thought your forwards didn't probably do enough, Anthony, on the night. Um, like Tony Kelly was excellent. There's no point in going over. Like he was brilliant all through. And the, the point he scored in front of Lohan on the stand side from about 70 yards out was just... Brilliant, like having the referee had already probably wanted a free, but he left it stand. Uh, we saw everything out of Tony Kelly that he has, but I suppose like the cock defense has been much maligned over the last four or five years. Like to concede 123, that's not bad. And to think that two of your defenders from the Limerick game didn't start, and they are two of our most experienced fellas in Callan and Cadigan. That argues well. And then Cullum Spillane came back into the panel for the first time over the weekend as well. So now you have six to play and you have those three fellas as well. And Sean O'Leary-Hayes had saw, saw championship action. So that's 10 players that you could say, like, if it doesn't happen from this year, they have a very, very good panel of players right now. And Kieran Kingston has made that point all along in reference the fact that the, the average of the, the, the team is the age is 24 years of age. That's very positive. And to think that Barrett and Connolly actually qualify for the under-20s at the moment is very significant as well. So that's just to tell you how young they are. And in fairness to Kingston, he has blooded them. And, you know, go back to Sel's point about Phyllis pushing weights. Jack O'Connor, as you can see yourself, is the biggest lad in the world. And how he managed to get a yellow card for hitting John Connolly, John Connolly in a belt of his shoulder, I'll never know, for Christ's sake. I'd be tapping him on the back for actually hitting him a belt of his shoulder. But, um, and, and the funny thing is that that yellow card cost him a sending off later on in the game. Like, so, you know, yeah, but I think problems. overall, like, you, you have to mention Luke Mead in the middle of the field, the way he linked the play. He was all mm. over the place. Was, yeah. And what I like about Luke, there's nothing flash about him. He does the simple things and he does them well. And that's really what you want to the most players. Like, going back to the Ben O'Connors, the Jordines, and all those players. The one compliment you would always play to Henry or TJ, they'll always do the right thing with the ball. And that's what I like about good quality hurlers. They make the right decisions at the right time. And Luke Mead brings that to the team, which is fantastic. So like, Mark, we have a lovely, lovely blend of players now. Just on Luke Mead, do you know what is Gary Spillane? Blood in Luke Mead. His uncles are all in Gary Spillane. His, his, his great uncle, the great Jedi Mead, has a shop in Nock Long. 
right? So there's a lot of Gareth Bland blood in him. Just, just that, so you're aware. Explains, that explains that. That explains how he's on. Matt makes says, but good players under pressure still make the right decisions. It's, it's, it's a thing that a lot of lads don't have, and it's hard enough even to te- you don't teach fellas either. Have it, you know, the kind of instinct mm. has to come into it. Yeah, yeah and I, look at I suppose we'll we'll have a look ahead um, to the games uh, later in the week um, to the quarterfinals now. What I'm out water and I'm up again to begin. Just to say, I suppose. Well done to Kieran. You know, you're always under pressure when you're the cock manager, I think. So, you know, and uh, oh, you know, it's, 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 lived, yeah, great it's victory it's for like them. It was a great the, game to watch. Like the, but TJ, or uh, Anthony, it's like being the football manager in Kerry. You just yeah, expect yeah. that there's going to be an All Ireland, like you know, and yeah. he's dealing with the players that he has. I, I like he has, I suppose, gone with a running style game. Um, it's a high risk um game, it's probably not. A traditional game that a lot of cock uh, former players or supporters would like to see. They prefer a little bit more long ball, um, and I think that I think in time it's just a mixture. But at this moment in time, it's about building confidence and it's about building results. And I suppose like there are three massive games for cock this week. Um, we're playing Limerick in the minor on Tuesday night. We're playing them again in the under twenty on Thursday night, and then playing Dublin on Saturday. So. This is a massive, massive weekend for Cork Hurling. Um, you know, I, I think they'd be very hopeful on the minor, but the, the under-20 is a real critical game now. That's a critical game because um, that Limerick team is pretty good. Uh, and after the lads winning the under-21 or 20, under-22 weeks ago, if we could put a monster title to that, we have a lovely blend of players. Like there's, a, there's a couple of lads there. Kieran Joyce centre back from Castle Martyr. He's a Rolls Royce player now. He's a Rolls Royce fella. He will, like as a fella said to me the other night, he's Brian Cochranis, is what he said. He'll be playing three years under 20, uh, and he would have, we'd say, as an 18 year old, he would have played centre back, winning the first All Ireland. So I don't want to put any pressure on him, but by Jesus, he's a serious, serious player now. Serious player. Yeah, and there's a bit, there's a little bit. I'll have a long way to go to, to reach to certain levels, I suppose, as well. We know that, yes. like, but um, there's a the, the emphasis, and we've pointed it out since the start of the league. It's been obvious. Everyone has pointed it out now. The emphasis on going for the goals. It reminds you of Cyril's team in, in in the eighties, like you know, when when the goal chance is half there. Other times, I would have felt some of those cock forwards would have taken the point. Now oh. they're trying to go in and Harnady's ball inside the Barrett was, was a brilliant, cool brilliant ball. ball. Brilliant ball. Uh, uh, and like, you know the way he shaped, he looked like he was going to hit the ball over the bar, but he saw him out of the corner of his eye and pegged it straight into his hand. And what was great, like, is it went straight, ball to hand, take out the fluff and the, trying to have to control it and all that kind of stuff. And I like the fact that Barrett took it in his hand first time, did a small twist, back it in it. Like, other cock was are inclined to put their hurry to the ball first. We all know, get the ball in your hand first and stick it then, like, you know. Um, but, all, like, Hernady, like, nobody has any clue what Hernady went through to get on the field on Saturday night. He did, un, like, he got a dead leg against Limerick, went back training, then tore his thigh muscle again 10 days out, and he did everything in his power to get on the field. A bit like Alvin Jones, I suppose, with the Lions. Um, well, I, I, I was with him on Friday there now and that some of the therapy he was going through to get back on the field was just brilliant. And, and like, he could have ended up probably scoring 1-5 or 1-6, but he was, mm. his general physical presence is the major thing. And even when he was coming off in the 70th minute, there was a thing flashed in my head. I said, Jesus, don't take him off. Just have him on the field to play. Because you go back to the Limerick game when he was taken off, we just totally capitulated, collapsed. Was it because of him? Or not? I don't know. But the physical presence is taken out of it. And he's even we were six vital. points up. He's vital to that. He's absolutely sold. He's key to that setup. He, he's the fella that everything bounces off of. And he ultimately is the real leader in that forward line. That Hannity is like, you know. And, um, you know, hopefully now he'll be, he'll be injury-free. This week. And, like, we, we need an injury-free situation because... I tell you this much, I think we're going to get a ferocious test from the Dubs. And I know we'll, we'll cover it later on in the week, but 
yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough draw, I think, for us. Like you know, it is. And uh, look, lot so much to look forward to again next weekend and uh, with two shows this week, obviously. Um, I just want to finish by saying, I I love what you said there about Lohan and maybe a little link to Cody. Now look at that miles away, obviously. <laughs> But there's just something, and I think with the turmoil now underage at the moment in Clare, Clare of an opportunity now, to, hopefully he's an, he's an interest in doing it. You know, because that is, it's a big commitment, he's a young family. If we could tie down Brian for two or three more years, I, I think it'd be a massive move by whatever kind of a Clare County board we have by the end of the year. But I, I just think as, as an immediate, to try and get that man, stabilise it, if he wants to change up, He's backroom staff, he's coaching, or whatever. Maybe he's quite happy with the way it is. But I think it'd be huge because I, I see fellas, fellas that are stepping up for Clare that I wondered would they make it. And I think the likes of the Gary Cooney's, young Roger's probably on a bit sooner than I would have liked him coming on. Do you know, he, he was hitting yeah. the, the straps really when he was coming on the other games with 15, 20 to go, but maybe he was Which on that actually, bit soon. Malone is playing over his skin for Unbelievable. Skin. Now, in fairness... In fairness to Donald and Jerry, I suppose Cahill really has hit farm the last two, three years. But now he's just, yeah. he's one of the best midfielders in Ireland now. There's no doubt about that. So look, I, hats <laughs> off to Brian and, he, and his team for the joy. Four matches, as I think we won four matches twice uh, to win two All-Irelands. Like, and the boys have given us so much and yet they're not even in the quarterfinals. So, um, lads, fantasy. Uh, well, Clare, there's, there's been before, moves, TJ, again, and the fantasy. Yeah, before, before we go away from Clare, I actually met Shane O'Donnell after the game. And he was, it was unfortunate that he was out as well for Brian, right? And even going for like they had 10 scorers from play at the weekend, right? Even if someone like Peter Duggan, I, I'm not sure where he is in the world, right? Could he get him back? So Jubeck, there's plenty of positives. There's plenty positives. They have a nice spine, and you would mm. think this is definitely moving in the right way. Yeah, shoot on to the fantasy. Had a good week. I'm up to third. I'm perfectly poised now for the quarterfinal. Yeah, the, challenge, the challenge I have now <laughs> I, 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 I know who's going to <laughs> One quarterfinal. She's Mackie. You can't go to Galway with a cop like that. Um, I got a COVID. <laughs> I got a COVID test on Friday, um, and, I, and I tested negative. TJ. Yeah, the ch- the challenge for all of us is to try and see who's going to be in the semi-finals and who's going to be in the final. Which team is going to get the three games and trying to try, trying to get the players? But uh, there is one kind of really really noticeable uh, dive down this table, Dillo, isn't there? Well, I was in trouble there, TJ, but I think I've pulled safely clear of that relegation. Big score out of me, I'm going to say straight out, 155. Like, but, uh, and I gambled with the Watford lads and, and they came good for me. And all I had was Carl Mannion from, from Galway. Now. I knew there was something. But the Queen, Han the Queen, 79 points, like, you know, you know, am I right? Am I right in saying that Han the Queen was top after week one? Was that correct? Was top no, Saturday. Second okay, yeah, yeah, from Saturday. the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah TJ, any chance you might send me on Sam Aldice's number? Would you? <laughs> you need, you need Big Sam. You need to talk to him. Yeah. Pat Mull, Pat Mull at Sport got come. He's gone. Aldice is in. <laughs> he doesn't care about you this week either. The Galway races are on. No, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. Well done, Larry. Uh, and then TJ, you'll be delighted to see on our listeners. Oh, the hauler in the ditch. My buddy is back top again. Your I buddy, see. the hauler in the ditch, is back top. For me, been a, a good week. Shan has it very tight at the top. Uh, 9.92 and hurler in the ditch, 9.96. Some scores, uh, to be fair to them. Oh, unreal. I don't think any of them got 150-something though this week, but uh, I had a lot out. I had a lot out. But, uh, yeah, it's who, <laughs> five changes for this week. So, look, uh, thanks for listening to the review and Butler Hurley's for sponsoring lads and uh, thanks this week sir for joining us there you know no it's, a, it's a heavy week for you as well sir with Belly Britain like you'll you be going to appear there even with only a thousand spectators in there and uh, there could be an outing from the Queen as well Mark yeah um, you might have seen me looking down at my phone there while the podcast was on so the balloting was going on and um, she was forcing the ballot to get into the male's handicap on Wednesday, first race up, and I just have a thumbs up from the trainer, Mr. Buds, to say she will be yep. lining up in Ballybrit. Yeah. Great news. Great news. 19 years, Anthony, I'm going to Ballybrit. I missed one year because my middle fellow Matthew was born on the 30th of July, so um, he's six this Friday, and um, to be a great, it's going to be a great week anyway, having a runner in Galway for the first time it ever. You will be home for and his birthday, will you? I, well, if she wins on Wednesday, the Friday could be a problem. <laughs> and we're going on holidays on Saturday. 
So <laughs> I, I, I just I just said to Jackie, I said, I will be home for the holidays anyway, at least. <laughs> <laughs> right, we but I, the best. I, uh, we'll give it our best shot anyway, like, you know. Good stuff, good stuff. So thanks a million, uh, lads, great stuff as always. Um, and thanks, Cyril, especially for joining us. Okay. Great to have you. A treat, Cyril, for us to, to have you. And uh, wish everyone the best. Enjoy. The sunshine that's telling us is, is going to be gone. So we'll, uh, we'll see about that. But uh, thanks to Renault and uh, thanks to Larry and Rafe there as well in the background. So all the best, guys. Best of luck, boys. Cheers, Cheers Renault. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. For mission, what's the show? For mission, what's the show? Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. 